Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1234 in Edmonton and in oil country. Bob Stoffer joining you from T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. And some guests on the show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris is open uh, Tuesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. And on Monday night, Oiler game day nights as well. Brendan, we ready to roll? Yes, sir. Let's drop the puck. All right. We will head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. He's making time for us because the Oilers have just left the ice. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeRuss brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Hi, Louis. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. The polar bear's happy. He's in a cold rink. Yes. Uh, you know who's not too happy? You know who likes it warm? You. Yes. And uh, it's it's not too bad. It's it's warmer than it is in Edmonton, so that's the good news. Uh, all right. Well, it's a hot topic, so let's get right to it. Um, I... I, you know my feelings on it. I'm not, I'm not the least bit surprised they even this thing off, and I don't think it should be evened off. I think Petrangelo should have had at least a plus one suspension on whatever the decision was on Nurse, and I'm, I'm kind of stunned that they didn't rescind the, uh, the instigator on Darnell. Um, that's my take. Uh, to me, it was either one no games for Nurse and a game for Petrangelo or one game for Nurse and two games for Petrangelo. How do you see it? Well, I see it the same way as you. I don't think it was an instigator on Nurse. Did he start the fight? You could even question that. I thought Hag was the one that got his gloves off first. Um, but let's make it clear. It's the referee's discretion. It's a subjective call that the referee decided to put in place on that play. No other arguments necessary. It was the referee that decided he wanted to give him an instigator. Okay, so that's really important to know because he didn't have to. Could have given them both five, kicked them both out of the game, accomplished what he was trying to accomplish in the game by getting both of them out of the game because they were. It's a five-minute major, each of them. But he decided, whoever it was, I don't know which official did it in the two la- uh, two nights ago, decided they felt they ne- there needed to be an instigator there. Um, I disagree wholeheartedly. I don't think it needed to be an instigator. I think he went down into the scrum, which he's allowed to do in the in, in the order of play. Darnell Nurse as a defenseman is allowed to go anywhere he wants to go. He's allowed to hit anybody he wants to hit. And yes, he hit the guy that they've been having a battle all series long. And if you ask me, I would even say if you slow it down, Hag got the gloves off first. So how can you call that an instigator penalty? I don't I understand that. Now, I Louis, don't understand that. There it's is... not what the rule is for. It's not what the rule is for. And the league screwed up there, in my opinion. Number one. Number two, yes, I do feel that with the nature of the slash from Petrangelo, it can't be the same suspension as a guy that with a questionable instigator call. I, I just think that it, it, it's bad perception on the league. But what are you going to say? What are you going to do about it? They obviously look at them as two different things. They don't look at them as the same. I know everybody thinks they do, but they don't. They treat them differently. But at the same time, perception is everything in this game, and it has been all year long, and the perception has not been that good. So it continues. That's all I'm going to say on it. Uh, Louis, so here's the thing. There were two incidents this year in the final five minutes of games. And, uh, and again, I'll re- Jason Greger tweeted out the two uh, videos for it. Uh, one involved Max Domi and one involved Luke Glendening coming to the defense of their teammates both times. And uh, 
maybe maybe that's the thing. If you come to the defense of your uh, teammate, you're allowed to do it because they rescinded both instigators in those situations. So they can over overrule the referee after I'm, the fact. I will say one more thing. I'm a little surprised that a career pugilist doesn't look at it that way, to be quite frank with you. Um, a guy that made his living doing exactly that, fighting, um, like I did myself, and I think I'm pretty good at determining when two guys want to fight and when two guys don't want to fight. And isn't <laughs> yeah. that isn't isn't that the entire concept of the yes. instigator? Yes. Like, am I wrong here? Am I looking at this wrong? Because that's the way I've looked at it my entire life. Um, played with the instigator rule, understood why it was there. It's not for that. It's not for that. It's to protect players that don't want to fight. Right. And that's the way I've always looked at it. I think that's the way the players look at it. Obviously, there's a disconnect there. Um, and I'm just kind of surprised that a guy that did that for a living looks at that and thinks that he should get an instigator for that. I, I don't understand where his mindset was with that, but he's the one that makes those decisions, and uh, he made it on that one. All right. So you'll remember this incident. I was working on Sports Night with Darren Detishna at the time. The Islanders were playing the Rangers, and somebody got cheap-shotted on the Islanders, and they had out Bomber and Mick Fakota at the end of the game, and Bloomberg and uh, Chris King took a beating. Now, Chris King could defend himself. Bloomberg couldn't. Who was that? Chris King. He was tough. Who, by the way, is part of the Peterborough Mafia that works for the league now. I just, I'm, I'm with you. I, I just, as soon as they called it, I'm like, oh, now he's going to get suspended. They gave him an instigator for the, but the high stick, and then they sit there and go, they mention, well, he has no history in his 934 games of doing anything like that. Well, you know what? Sometimes people snap. Well, you know, I mean, you, if you want to take it to the nth degree, sometimes people do really bad things that they've never, ever done before, and there's no prior hit. Well, no prior history. Does that yeah. lighten, lighten a sentence? No, it doesn't. Well, I'll tell you this. With the, with the Petrangelo slash, here it is. When I first saw it, I was like, no question, five minute. I said, there's no way this is going to get taken back. It's a five-minute major all day. And I said, he's lucky he didn't hit him in the head because there would certainly be supplemental discipline here. But then as I watched it more and more, and I looked at it after the game again, he came a really far distance to make yes. that slash. He came a really far distance to a player that had already made the play on the net, what was it, four seconds before he slashed him, three seconds before he slashed him? I don't know what the exact time frame was, but he had to travel literally from inside the dot all the way to the corner to slash him. The, the puck was in the other corner behind him. So, I mean, if it would have been on Drysaddle as he was trying to put that puck in the open net, you look at that and go, okay, um, yes, it was extra, no question about it. It was, it was a, a nasty, hard slash. If he would have caught him in the wrong spot, and even where he did catch him, let's make a point of that, if, if he would have caught him in a muscle a tendon, a bone, and, and, and fractured something in Dreisel's arm, and he's out for the rest of the playoffs. Do you think one game is enough for that slash? Not a chance. So once again, are we judging the action on what the result was? Yes. So, so this is what I look at this when I see this, and this is just how my warped mind thinks in the game of hockey. I'm sitting here going, hey, why won't I do that on Connor McDavid then? Why not? Why, why won't I go out there and Austin Matthews tonight? Take a two-hand on Austin Matthews. If I get a game and I take him out of the series, I mean, isn't that good? Did you isn't see that, how? Isn't, isn't that kind of positive? Like, I, I just think you're you're welcoming that type type of action by not really punishing it. So I just look at that and players like ah, one game for literally overhead two-handing the best player in the series, the best goal scorer in the playoffs right now, and you get one game. Um, 
I think they missed it. I think they missed an opportunity to make a statement. I think they missed an opportunity earlier in the playoffs to make a statement on the broken neck by Andrew Andrew Cogliano from his ex-teammate, Jordan Everly. Um, You you know me and hits from behind. I don't like him. Yeah. So I think they need to start buckling down on that, too. I think they need to start buckling down on that, too, just making it very – something that you just don't do. You have the discretion. You have the ability to stop and not make that hit. Just don't do it. Louis so, DeBras sports. You know, listen, this is, these are conversations we've had for the, the duration that I've done this job. So yeah. um, I guess they are going to still continue. Well, they watch the funny thing. We should explain to the listeners. They watch everything. Like when I'm on the panel during the intermissions on Sportsnet, they're sitting back there and they're they're watching everything, right? So that stuff does. So now you have to be careful of what you say before you even go to air. Because you're like, oh, you know, gee, tonight, boy, holy cow, that's bad calls. Because these guys got rabbit ears. No, no, no I don't think you need. I don't think you need to be careful what you say. I'm sorry, no, sorry. Well, that's what we do for a living. We analyze. Yeah, we break and, down. and I'm telling so you right now, these guys game, have rabbit look, ears. When we, when we look at that's fine. They can have rabbit ears. Maybe they should listen for from time to time. So when you are looking <laughs> at a game, maybe when you're looking at a game, and we're all saying the same things. I haven't heard anybody say anything different. So you might want to take note of that. You might want to go, okay, wait a second. Maybe everybody else is onto something here. And it's, it's been a topic of discussion all year long. So this hasn't been any different than what it was in the regular season. And it's just the, the, the difference is the games are magnified. The results are magnified. That's yeah. all. Just makes the league look terrible. Uh, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. There is another thing in this, and I don't know whether or not, like, I've had this conversation with some of the people at the top of the food chain here, Louis. I believe you do need to protect your stars a little bit. The NBA protects the stars. The NFL, you don't get to hit the quarterback late. You used to be able to hit the quarterback in the late in the 70s and 80s. You don't get to do it anymore now. They're too important, too valuable. When they're selling games on Sportsnet, Louis, or they're selling games on TNT or ESPN, they're showing a graphic with the, uh, uh, with Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl in the background. That's how they're selling that game. Am I out to lunch? Should it be more egalitarian? And it doesn't matter that it was Petrangelo on... Okay, I'll even go further though, because <clears throat> I'll deepen, I'll dig deeper into the Petrangelo Drysital battle. Because let's face it, Drysital's hit Petrangelo with some questionable calls in the playoffs. Yep. Now I know people are going to say, "What are you talking about?" There's been no penalties given. Like, yeah, there was one for the slash, which was a ticky tack little slash once again, and yep. they seem to pay more attention to that than they do the serious hits. And then, you know what? There's been a couple other ones. McDavid from behind on Petrangelo. There's been borderline hits that, let's make this very obvious and clear, the officials in that game, respectively, from those games, felt it wasn't a penalty. I'll say it again. The officials in those games decided that it wasn't a penalty. So they're deemed clean hits. Now, I have a different look at that. I don't think they are clean hits. I don't think they're all clean hits. Sure. Subjectively, they looked at those hits and decided not to call a penalty. Because if they would have, I don't think anybody would have questioned it. Anything from behind is what I'm talking about. Sure. Petrangelo's taken a couple where he's turned and he's taken hits. Now, McDavid right in front of me between the benches in game three, he lightened up on the hit. Okay, He did lighten up. Now, Petrangelo still went into the boards pretty forcefully. But he lightened up. He could have destroyed so him on that hit. So he snapped. He snapped. Right. That's what happened. So now, okay, so now he snaps later on. He has been taking a lot of punishment and abuse in this series, which obviously Edmonton is targeting him. But if, if you go back and you say, okay, now if they would have called a penalty on one or two of those early, 
would it have, would he have still snapped? Would it have been different? I'm just planting a seed saying if you're going to allow all this stuff to go over and over and over again, you're going to call the ticky-tack stuff that I just talked about that the players look and go, seriously, you're going to let that hit from behind, the cross-check in the back of Bouchard, um, all this, I mean, it came up and hit him in the head, actually. The, the stick actually made contact with the back of Bouchard's head. From uh, I, got called, I got called a homer <clears throat> because I brought up the Hyman hit by Haig, and that's when Nurse started accelerating. Hey, time to pay the fiddler here, buddy. After the play with, well, well right? what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, this is all part of the, this is the inner part of the battle of the playoffs and regular season that goes on every day. And again, at that point in time, deem not a call. Okay, so we have to make that really, it's really important to note that, though, because those are all plays that they deem to be within the rules. Well, then that just continues to escalate, continues to escalate. You're getting away with a little bit more. And then next thing you know, a two-hand overhead slash into the upper arm, close to the face, shoulder, whatever you want to call it, is a one-game suspension. Yeah. So, I mean, to answer your full question on it, as I didn't know at the start of the year, and I don't know now, I have no idea where the line is, <laughs> and I don't think, and I don't think the players do either. They I haven't got we, a clue. I think we both know what an instigator is, and that was not like to me an instigator. <laughs> Louis, did you ever grab a? I've always I don't felt. Re- I've always felt this will be this will be really easy to break this down. I've always felt that the instigator, okay, should be dealt to the person that at least gets the first eight punches in. <laughs> Is that kind of summing it up pretty good? Like, if you're going to instigate a fight, you better be the one throwing punches first. Yeah. You know, every fight has to start somewhere. (laughs) Sorry, but it starts one way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter how it starts. did Did he go down in the corner to fight? Probably, yes. Did he drop his gloves and start wailing on Nick Hag? No. He went in there, he engaged with him in the corner, and Nick Hag knew exactly what was going on, and he was ready for it. That's not an instigator. That's two guys that have been going at it that just dropped the gloves. But regardless, it's All right. it's what's been dealt. There's nothing you can do about it now. It looks like Brett Kulak's going to step up the nurse's position here and warm up for more. And that's my next question for you. My next question is, which team does it affect more? I mean, yeah, Petra- I've been breaking that down all night trying to think about that. I mean, I think it hurts both teams. Obviously, your top defenseman are out of both teams. So, equally, you're taking your top minute man out of the lineup. Um, I would suggest that Vegas probably has the deeper roster right now so they can fill that void a little easier as far as they have three defensemen that have played down the stretch. They've got two other defensemen that have already played in these playoffs they can inject in. I'm not sure who they're going to put in there, but I'm assuming it's going to probably be Ben Hunt because he's been out for every warm-up, but they might want a right-handed shot in there. Well, they might want um, Pahal in there. Clayton Pahal. Yeah, so Pahal potentially can go in because he played game five against Winnipeg. So and he's a right arm down the stretch, and he's a right-handed shot, and it'd be an easy solution to put him in there, maybe bump up White Cloud into that position with Petrangelo. But also, Hutton has played the right side, and so has Martinez. So they can kind of shuffle that back and forth and play two lefties in a pairing, which they've done actually against Edmonton. I believe Hutton maybe played with Martinez in one of the games against Edmonton earlier in the year in the regular season. So they have options is what I'm saying. For Edmonton right now, Broberg, who's seen time and limited time in the playoffs, which is good in this situation that he steps in there. He's going to be on his right side, not his offside. Looks like him and DeHarnay will make up the third pairing. And they're guys that have played together before. So it's this is what it's all about, right? It's about stepping up, somebody getting a little bit more of an opportunity for Brett Kulak. I've liked his game in the playoffs. He's brought that fire in that jam. He's an excellent skater, so he can make up for a lot of distance with that skating ability. 
and he'll be pressured a little bit more because when you know as an opposition, and both of these teams are going to look across and say, hey, they're without their top defender here. McDavid, Dreisaitl have seen a lot of Petrangelo this series. They're not going to see him tonight. You have to try and take advantage of that. And I think both teams will look at it in that regard and, uh, and try and exploit where they can. So it should be interesting as how each team adjusts. Final question. Any explanation as to why we've had the wide variances of the games? The Oilers didn't play well in game one. Leon yeah. was awesome. 6-4, I mean, we haven't had a close. I mean, the 6-4 game was close. It was a one-goal game. Any explanation yeah. why? I, you know, the only thing that I can put it on, Bob, is the fact that each team has a really elite high-end game. So each team has a, a really, really strong high-end game. When they get to it, and the team that gets to it, and it starts to go for them, it's really hard to slow it down. And that's the only way I can put a, put a finger on it, is that the team that seems to bring that early in both wins for Edmonton, right out of the gates, you could tell there was a little extra. There was a little extra in their attacking, extra in their skating, urgency in the battles. And the two games, the Vegas Golden Knights won, same thing. Out of the gates, you could just tell they were the sharper team. So, to be honest, I think it's the first period. First period is going to dictate who's going to come out on top in this game from the results that we've seen so far. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're all kind of waiting for that real hardcore playoff game where it's like battle rate to the end, potentially even in overtime. Like, heaven forbid, that's an overtime in the second round when there were three in the first round. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Four with the two teams combined. Awesome stuff, Lou. Thanks for your time, and thanks for fitting us in on a busy morning. Okay, bud. That's Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel. It is 12.52 in Edmonton. When we come back, uh, it's kind of easy, the trivia question today for our friends at Pro-Am Sports, and somewhat relative. This is Oilers Now. 12.55 in Edmonton. It is time for Oilers Game Day Trivia, brought to you by Pro-Am Sports. Fan cave and fan gear specialists for all budgets in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail and at ProAmSports.ca. Up for grabs, a $50 GC from ProAm Sports and bragging rights. All right. Well, you know what? He's made himself part of the story here in this series, so we're going to make a trivia question around him. From the uh, player safety department, George Peros. Which Ivy League school did George Peros, who, of course, for six years was Anaheim Ducks enforcer, which Ivy League school did George Peros play hockey for? You can text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line at 780-496-0063. Again, up for grabs, a $50 GC from Pro-Am Sports, Fan Cave, and Fan Gear Specialist for all budgets in Edmonton and on St. Albert Trail and also available at uh, yeah, proamsports.ca. First correct answer, and most of you are going to be able to get this because if you're listening to the show, there's a lot of you that really, frankly, there's probably some of you that could probably host this show. Wow, we're getting hundreds and hundreds of these. are I can't even calibrate that quickly. There we go. Um... Uh, Uh, this texter, uh, CC says, you don't want to advocate violence as the Department of Player Safety, yet the head of the Department of Player Safety has a company called Violent Gentlemen uh, and can't get a single punishment right. I'm sure lots of Oilers have long memory. This plays into the Oilers' favor. Hmm. 
we shall see in that regard if it does ultimately play into the Oilers' favor. Oilers have a tough team, and they have pounded the Vegas Golden Knights through the first four games. The hits in the series, Edmonton 175. That's like 44 a game. Vegas is at 123 through the first four games. That is at 31. So Edmonton's out hitting them by about 13 hits per game uh, so far. Yes, I didn't think of the violent gentleman, George Peros company that he owns or he has an affiliation with. Uh, the trivia question, we've already got our answer. Actually, we've got hundreds of people that have got the correct answer. We'll give you that when we come back, and we will open up the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Do you agree with the decision that George Peros, the Department of Player Safety, made in equally suspending Alex Petrangelo and Darnell Nurse for one game? Or do you think something's rotten in the state of Denmark? You tell us. You, we'll hear from you as we go fully interactive after a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. 